Welcome to Resilience Rock Sales, your front row seat to rocking your sales game. I'm your host, Stacey Kopas. Today's episode is brought to you by the Academy of Resilience Inner Circle. For more information, head to academyofresilience.com.au. Now on with the show. Welcome to Resilience Rock Sales. Today, I'm excited to share with you my good friend, Dave Clare. Welcome to the show, Dave. Stacy, it is an absolute privilege to be here. I've been hanging out with you. It's been so long. We were just reflecting on it, and it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to jump onto your podcast. Yeah, I know we're going to have a lot of fun today. And yeah, it's oh, been yes. like something like three three years or something since um, I hung out on one of your Facebook lives and yeah. got some stuff at the beginning of the pandemic, and it was fun to jump on and talk about resilience mm. time. But I sort of mentioned um, to you before, I feel like I see you all the time because every time I go to TikTok, it's like Daily Dave episodes, whatever. And That's the best impersonation of me I've ever heard. Daily, <laughs> Daily Dave. <laughs> Daily Dave. But what I'd love to do is because we, we talked about it beforehand, but um, I'd love for you to share, like, tell us a bit about the Dave story, but okay. also I'd love you to touch on Daily Dave, how it came yeah. about, what your thinking was behind it and also, what you've experienced as a result of that, perhaps yeah. the expected experiences you got from having that commitment that you'd made. Yeah, there's been a whole bunch, actually. It's a great question. Um, so how much of the Dave story do you want me to, how far would you like me to go? We don't need to go back as far as when you're a glint in your dad's eye or anything like that. Just give us a bit of the background just to give us a picture of what's made Dave, Dave. Okay. Um, so firstly, Canadian living in Australia. Uh, Canadian born. And uh, so my family moved to Australia back in 1981, well before you were born. And Not actually, no. <laughs> I was close, close. Close. Uh, yeah, so uh, as a 15 year old, my family moved over here to Australia um, for a multitude of reasons. But then I sort of grew up my teen years and young adulthood uh, here in Australia. I was here for 18 years. I grew up in banking and finance. So I had a strong background in banking and finance. Uh, which was wonderful about, you know, leading teams. And and I guess that's where a lot of my journey sort of started to the work I do today. So the reason I start there is because of that. I was lucky enough to have a strong mentor for me in the bank who saw more than Dave, the bank, Johnny. He saw me as a person and really got me, you know, really believed in me as a human being and invested in me in uh, training development courses, programs outside of banking. And that's when I got my first taste of, you know, personal development and organizational development type things. And uh, it was really cool back then because they also then invested uh, in me to become a facilitator of those things. So I got accredited with the international organization that these courses were with to become a facilitator to train the trader. And so I got my first taste of being a facilitator. And I always led teams. And as my career in the banking uh, industry went, it was just taking on a bigger team, bigger team, bigger team, bigger team. My my delay or in my, or where my career sort of stymied a little bit was because I didn't have a piece of paper. So back in the late eighties, you know, nineties, you used to have to have a piece of paper to get anywhere in terms of a diploma or certificate. And I chose not to do that. Um, so my time in my career in the bank was coming to an end, but I had this develop this, you know, uh, innate ability, I guess it was some natural stuff from parenting, but also developed nurtured into me about being a great leader. And I wanted to pursue that more. So I then said, okay, let's get out of banking and finance and take all this experience. And then an opportunity came up in Papua New Guinea. So in 1998, I moved to Papua New Guinea to become a leadership development consultant and was with another bank there. It wasn't 
related to that, in banking and finance, which was, uh, I guess, the only comfort part of the whole thing I had is that I understood banking. Uh, but then it was my chance to really take all this leadership, development things that I'd learned and go over there and work with the expatriates and national people in Papua New Guinea for a period of time, where I learned so much about human behavior in the 13 odd months I was there. Uh, unfortunately, my, well, no, so my then wife was pregnant with our second child and we didn't want to raise another child there. It wasn't unfortunate we had a second child. It was awesome. <laughs> but unfortunately, we couldn't stay there. I didn't want to stay there because it, uh, anyone who's been to Papua New Guinea, it, it, even today, it still comes with some challenges of living there and raising a young family. I didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to do that away from it. So we decided to pack up and come back to Australia for my daughter to be born. But I already had this thirst now for leadership development and working with people and helping them become their best. And uh, then we flew back to Canada, took my uh, Canada with me and the kids. And um, instead of getting a job there, I found an opportunity to join the world's largest at the time personal and organizational development company. So I joined Leadership Management International and became a franchisee of that and sold everything up I had in a year in Australia and sold my house, everything to invest in this franchise or license to do that. And then I started to build my business over there and went through some very dramatic times and challenges. And, and I may have shared with you before and things about, wait, about learning about resilience. Oh my gosh. The, yes, yeah, so the life challenges that I went through and learned. Uh, but that was really amazing. And then we went on to have great success with our clients and our clients, you know, Canadian clients of the year, world clients of the year, became sales leader of the year for that organization. After the first year, months of not being able to sell a darn thing. One full year later, we were like, I was sales leader of the year. We were the, the clients of the year, but I got really disillusioned with the personal and organizational development industry at that stage. So I decided to go out on my own. Then I started creating my own tools and resources and everything like that. And then at that stage, the world went to hell in a handbasket. And guess what? Um, that's when the uh, global financial crisis happened. My then uh, wife chose to leave me and the kids. And so it was upside down on my house on my, cause I bought my building. So in the, in the office building, um, there's two kids. And uh, just my wife I have now and her son. And so the whole world was like that. And so it was a real tough time. And then called up my dad and he said, what crisis? And because they were still here in Australia. So back in Australia, if you go back to 2008, nine, the boom was just the mining, the endless boom in mining apparently was just taking off. So we came back here and I jumped into, I rolled up my sleeves and got back in the trenches and went into some organizations that were looking for actually leadership. So it was a chance to get back in and work and lead an organization again until I got back on my feet. Then I wrote my book that traveled around Australia. That's when you and I first met when we were doing the mm -hmm. recruitment yarns tours. I think I was just finished writing my book or just about to release the book at that stage. And um, yeah, and then came back and then started Circle Leadership and have been now helping leaders to evolve themselves and their businesses to stay relevant so they don't grow out of business like I did numerous times. And I'm going to come back to some of the okay. things you touched on there because you just, there was so much there. I was like, okay, we need to talk about that, that, and that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the daily Dave, and this is, so we, as I just shared, we help leaders and businesses evolve themselves to stay relevant, right? For us, we saw too many people, what I call grow out of business. And so part of that evolution theme was we look at, you know, what's the evolution of the business and then who do you need to become and evolve as a leader to have that business that you don't have yet. And so. Part of our process that we have, and we're products of our own product, if you wish, or whatever you want to call it, we are our best clients. And we set an evolution theme for ourselves every year. So every year for the past four or five years now, we've set an evolution theme. So this year, 
uh, because the organization has expanded and you know we're now all around the world. We're just expanding into the U.S. and expanding our team there. So for me, it was about my theme this year was freedom. And for me, exactly. it's, I, I, no, not that I want to be not doing anything, but freedom to me to make the choices I want, build the business where we want to go, and for me to be free to go and do those things so I don't have to be as hands-on in the business as I used to. So that's the next evolution of me is how do I create that sense of freedom, not to not do anything, but to do the things I should be doing. And so then as we do that process with our whole team, and then we start to work on, well, what are the things that would drive that evolution for you? And for me, the number one thing was discipline. Discipline is the key to freedom. The more disciplined I became in certain things, the more freedom I would have to go do the other things. And what I want to do then was build my discipline muscle. So for me, like uh, I'm the most spontaneous, disorganized, lazy human being on the planet you'll ever meet, which is why I crave structure and process and all that. So that's for me, people are like, oh, I would never think of you as lazy. Oh, I'm absolutely lazy. I'm spontaneous. I'm creative. I'm, and which is why I find the simplest ways to do things and find simplicity in the structures that we work. So for me, just little huge. So I thought, what's one thing? What is one thing I can do every day of the year that other than the stuff I do every day, like get up and eat and sleep and have a drink or whatever, do things like that. Um, what's one thing I could start doing that I've not been doing? that I could do every day for 365 days in a row because I've never set a goal like that to do anything that I would do brand new for 365 days in a row. And that's when I decided that's a, a daily Dave thing that needs to happen. And that's where I actually started. I was like, well, I need to do a daily Dave thing. And I'm like, well, why don't I do a thing called the daily Dave then? And so I started these YouTube shorts, if you wish, because I also looked at, you know, reels were popular, TikToks out now, Instagram reels. And YouTube shorts had just really become the newest thing. And I thought, well, okay, I'm going to, what can I do in one minute or less, 60 seconds or less in a portrait thing that I can share a bit of who I am as a person, but also share some education and wisdom. And so I started this thing called the Daily Dave, which is 365 days a year. Nobody told me there'd be days like these. And oh, what a difference a Dave makes. And actually my very first one, I actually have a shirt on it. It says, what a difference a Dave makes. And, <laughs> and so I started doing them and I'm up to 196 or whatever it is. Daily Dave's done. Um, I did miss a couple when I was off very unwell for, for a week, but I ended up recording three or four more and over that to still make up for it. But I was like bedridden, literally bedridden. And I did a few to talk about that. But yeah, so I did those things and it's been phenomenal. There's been so many surprises that have come from doing something, one simple thing every day for 360. Well, I'm over, over halfway there now. Yeah. And now my brain is just gone to all of the different songs. The these Daves turned out something you had planned. Yeah. These sort of things. There'll it's be like, Daves like these. Yes. It's just so eight Daves a week. Oh my gosh, we could just riff on that all day. And my I'm a human jukebox, so I hear a word or two, and it just yes. song in my head. So you've just you've triggered that now. So now I've just got to yeah. quieten that one down and come back to here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the only thing similar to that that I've done is I did a 30 day Facebook Live challenge. So I was, in, I was in a marketing workshop and they, they said, oh, you can do a seven day or a 30 day Facebook live challenge. And I'm like, always oh, the overachiever. Um, yeah. I did the 30 days and it's just kind of come up in my Facebook memories. And it was just so nice to see those sort of things. And again, when you do make a commitment, no exceptions, having like, I sort of just jotted down like 30 things. I'm like, oh, whatever. And it was just really interesting that as those days went on, those Daves went on, yeah. um, then it was just like, it was just a bit of an accumulated audience that had sort of started to check in and do all that type of stuff. So 
I'd love to hear what, what you found, what you kind of expected and what was unexpected that's been awesome about it. It's just funny. I didn't expect, have any really expectations about it. All I wanted to do was prove to myself that I could do it. The things that have come from it have been quite amazing. The first surprise was, is how much, like, so I thought I'd do it, you know, it'll add to a content strategy for our business as well and things like that. Um, but how much our clients have loved it. Like how the feed, initial feedback was more from our clients going, hey, saw your daily, Dave. It reminded us of something we talked about, you know, two months ago. It was really good to get that reminder. Thanks for that. So like, I'm like, wow. And then all of a sudden we told everyone on our team to subscribe to your daily, Dave. And, and so like, you know, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, so just subscribe or to the YouTube channel, um, but follow, right? And so that, that was a huge first surprise. Like I was just trying to do it myself to prove something to myself. And then hopefully it would add content for the business, but our clients love it. Then second surprise from it was actually, I've never really done much for YouTube. Like I put stuff up on YouTube. It's kind of been a dumping ground for all our video content. But, you know, the main thing is actually we put it up, loaded up on YouTube as a YouTube short or under the parameters of a short with the intent to like, to see what we can do with YouTube. And my YouTube channel has gone from, and I never had a big following. It's like 70 subscribers now to like 145 in six months. Not massive, but for me, it's doubled the number of subscribers. Um, the number of views, of course, have gone up. I did some stats on it. And uh, in the first 180 days, I'd had over 6,800 6, something views of my daily days. Worked out an average viewing of 70 or 80 views per daily day, uh, which has been great. And uh, I was just sharing with you before we started recording this is that I've now made some tweaks to how I do it. I've been learning as I go along. And the last four have had over 100 views each. You know, and things like that. So that's been awesome. Um, so it's obviously seen that. The funniest thing, though, the funniest thing, Stacey, is now my wife. All right. So, okay, this is between just you and I and everyone watching this or listening to this, okay? She comes up to me now because dinner time in our house is around 6 o'clock or whatever. And she goes, have you done your daily day yet? Yeah. Accountability. Oh, like, well, yeah. No, so because she knows that I'd be sitting there like, she knows I'm going to do it. But like dinner's at six, so you better start doing your daily days. And it was actually about two weeks ago, she goes, I think you should start doing them earlier in the day. She knows I'm going to do them, which is awesome because that's really, it's obviously social proof that I've been doing them because she's like, you know, get their daily day done, especially on the weekends and stuff where we're going to have a round of golf together, do whatever. Make Because when we get home, I don't want to sit there and we'll have you to disappear for half an hour and go do your daily day. And do mm -hmm. so it's been beautiful to have her a supportive of it in her way. Um, but the fact that she knows that it's something that's going to happen every day and that she can see that I'm demonstrating discipline to do it. And she's supporting me with it, which is really cool. So that was one of the other things. So obviously, obviously the social, the stats, the numbers, the insights, that's all been cool, but our clients that, and the fact that I've actually been able to maintain it. And the two other cool surprises, I had my first troll two weeks ago, some guy trolled me on my daily day and said, I you're one it. of those positivity wankers who thinks that you can you know, bring things into reality for yourself. And it was really cool. And then about two days later, one of my friends, he's a very respected business person. He sent me a message and that was really, I don't know if it was because of the troll or not, but he just sent me a private message. He said, Dave, um, the fact that you're still doing your daily days and he committed to it, he said, um, I want to congratulate you. And also the fact, you know how hard it would be to come up with 180, 190 different things to talk about or something different to talk about every day, yet you do it with such ease. 
And he said, just wanted to remind you that you're doing great work. Like, how cool is that? That's awesome. You never know who's watching. That's the thing, isn't it? And that's the, that's a beautiful point. Like you never know who's watching. Like I didn't know my clients, like our clients at Circle Leadership are watching and they're loving it. Their team's loving it. Well, that thing you did in the Daily Dave the other day, that was really cool. And what they don't realize is that I'm talking to a client today about something and that'll give me the idea for that. I also have a hundred ideas already prescribed, written down. So if ever I'm sitting there going, oh, what should I talk about today? I can go to that list if I can't, if I hadn't had any interaction to trigger something worthy about Daily Dave today. And I think that's the, the biggest problem people have when they create content is that they sit there and go, block it, time to do content. They go, you know, what should I write about? You've got to at least have done some of the pre-work, isn't it? Yeah. That's- so I've got a backup list of a hundred things that I can go to. And you know me, I've got a whole bunch of quirky quotes, my little clearisms that I can always read. There's never a shortage, is there? I think that's that's been a really good lesson yeah. on these things. But I guess there's a couple of things that come up from that that I'd be really good to explore, particularly in the context of sales leadership and resilience. There is that aspect of you never know who's watching. Yes. I think that's something that's really good to put the spotlight on. Mm. Um is as a leader or even just as a sales professional out in the field, it's having that, the showing up every day, getting those, getting the reps in um, and that discipline. It's like, and again, it's a simple, it's a simple things. And that's, I think you were talking, describing yourself and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I hear you. I hear you. Like I'm lazy. I'm disorganized. I'm spontaneous as well, but it's all of those things. But yeah, when you do just find what are those, those little one things and if you do those consistently over time, the compound effect and how powerful they are. So if you were, if you were out in the field leading, leading a, a team of salespeople today, and I guess you talk about this with your clients as well, hmm. what would be a couple of those little micro simple tasks that you would suggest that they do every day in order for them to show up and be their resilient best? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, the simplest things that I recommend to leaders, um, and this is perfect for sales leaders, and it's uh, and people kind of shun away from it, but it's the simplest thing you can do from a culture point of view, team, humanity, caring about your people, all the things that really actually do matter is the daily huddle. Once a day, just sit down with a team, whatever in around, whether stand up, I don't care how you do it, and just go around the room and like, Hey, how are you doing today? How are we going yesterday? Did we learn anything yesterday? What are you focused on today? Do you need any help with anything? How are we all doing? And just go around the circle and then everyone's showing that we support each other, that everybody knows what everyone is working on and that there's any learning from yesterday we can quickly share. Is there something we need to be mindful of? Like that, if you just got in the discipline and the routine of doing that every single day, like that is a daily thing that I always recommend to all leaders. If I could do no other meeting, no other meeting ever in, in our business. And that I was allowed to have one meeting. It would be the daily huddle every day. Showing your people that you care, making sure that they're aligned, that they're focused, supporting them, all this sort of stuff. It's so powerful. And it doesn't take long, Stacey, it doesn't take long. Oh, and the thing that I found too, and, and I'm, I'm a huge advocate of the consistent, particularly informal conversation mm. where it's not a, a sit down. It's intentional and it's consistent and it's, and it's scheduled. But I guess the way you can, the way in which you do it can have a bit of an informal feel. And I'm, I'm a massive advocate for those conversations because often, yeah, those conversations happen across a desk or something like that. And there's an element of pressure or stress around it. And it's it only seems to be at particular times of the year where there's a review or something like that. Yeah. But 
what I've found is when you're having those conversations all the time, you get to have a bit of a a baseline of your people as well, isn't it? So you can actually tell if something seems a bit off with somebody yes, um, before they even say something. And so you can actually then perhaps go, sure, you just don't seem yourself today. Is there something else yeah. going on or you know, how can I best support you on that? But also too, I, I think the, the flip on that one is that hopefully by having those consistent conversations and those daily huddles, then people are going to have a bit more confidence and trust to be able to speak up as well and ask questions yeah. and ask for help and those type of things as well. Yeah. And like there's some awesome points in, I hope people are really listening to what you just said, because this is critical, especially if you're in a sales leader or a sales professional role and, or any leadership role is that we want to create an environment that's conducive for people to put their hand up and go, I need help, or I'm struggling with my results, or I'm struggling with this deal, or I can't get past this obstacle with this client or whatever it is. And your role as the sales leader or whatever is to help that person. We don't want people to feel that they have to hide and go, oh no, I'm crushing all my sales and yeah, made all my appointments. And yeah, they, they, the closing rate's really great. But we want people to be able to put their hand up and go, hey, I need help. Right. And that's what your role as a sales leader is to help build those people up, not push them down. Right or build a ceiling that they can't get past. So you need to actually create the space and capacity for your team to do that. Also cliche as it is, people want to know that you care before they care about what you know. If you're leading a team of people, show them that you bloody care about them as human beings first. And please understand, now I talk about caring, but it's not like care about you as a human being first and employee second, right? I care about our clients as human beings first, client second. If they have a human need, I will take care of that, do whatever I can to support that without being recouped or remunerated for it because they're human beings. And if any human being came up for help, I would do whatever I can to help them. Right. So, you know, show people that you actually care about them as people. And by just having a simple thing, a simple conversation like that goes forever. And the best, one of the best thing, one of the really cool things about what you said is you start to build that pattern recognition of when somebody is outside their normal character. And I love that when you raise that, like, oh my God, that's so brilliant that it's just like, when you get to understand your people at that level over a period of time, one little bit every day, you all of a sudden see when just a little, could be a little facial twitch or something like that. And you go, oh, something's not right here. They're saying all the right things, but something's not right there. And then you can have a one-on-one -on -one with them after or whatever. And, a, you know, hey, let's go for a coffee. Let's have a chat. But if you don't pick up on those subtle nuances, you won't do that if you're not speaking to them every day. It's just very fascinating because it just comes down to it's, it's a people thing. <laughs> I, th I think this is the thing is like, particularly with sales, this is why I'm, I'm loving these conversations around specifically around resilience and leadership mm. and that type of stuff, rather than the sales hacks and the strategies and the tips and the formulas and all the different acronyms for all the different processes and stuff like that. But I feel in the absence of having a good relationship with your team and also having that, that good, that mindset and being in a really good, you know, I, I look at it as like being in, a, in the best shape to sell. The rest of the stuff doesn't matter. No. No, even from a sales perspective, like when I finally learned really that sales is about helping that other person across to me instead of trying to sell them a product or service or whatever, that, you know, we succeed in sales through service and all these wonderful things. It's to me, the moment I actually started to sit down and look at the person across from me and say, how can I really connect with this human being? How can I help understand who they are as a human? What's really important to them as a human? The business stuff will take care of itself. And so for me, uh, I never went into sell anymore. I stopped selling. And what we call now, what we talk to people is helping them to facilitate them to make a smart buying decision. 
We just want to help that person make the best buying decision possible. And if that's with us, that's awesome. And if not, how can we help you or guide you to where it might be? But it's because we care about that person as an individual first before we worry about them as a potential client. And I want to know who that person is and what matters most to them, not what matters most to the business, what matters most to them. And then how am I getting the business where it needs to do? Will it serve that? I'm caring about them as a person. Such a big difference, isn't it? But it's also, it's so much more fun. Yeah. And I found it's like actually having, again, interesting conversations and being curious, curious mm. and connection and all of those type of things. Like, my gosh, it just makes it so much more enjoyable as well, rather than feeling like, oh my gosh, I've got to, rather than just, yeah, how many people throw out things? Oh, it's just a numbers game. It's like, no, 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 no. It's a people game. It's not a numbers game. Numbers are just merely the um, measure of how well you're playing the people game. There's the sound bite right there, isn't it? <laughs> I'm a very ordinary golfer. But when I explain to people about golf and what I say is we involve people out when people go, oh, great shot. And I'm saying, no, it wasn't. Well, it was and like, no, because the ball, the flight of the golf ball to me is the metric or the measure, the graph, the visual graph of how well I swung the club. Because if you don't hit a golf ball, you swing and the golf ball is the way wherever the golf ball travels, that's how well you swung the club. So to me, that's the visual graph of how well I my swing was, and I can tell when my swing is on and when my swing is off because the visual feedback I get is that, and it's no different. The results, the numbers, and all those sorts of things in your sales, is just a reflection of how well you're playing the people game. How well are you actually getting to connect with that human being and getting to understand who they are as a person? So when I developed my sales methodology that we have, which is why I threw a rapport out the window. You know, rapport to me is like, oh, beautiful painting you have there, Stacey, oh, and I love the weather and it's, oh, I see a book there. And what's, to me, the R isn't rapport, it's relate. Can we learn to we'll find a way to relate to this human being? Because if I can relate to you and I can connect with you at a human level, I can help you. That's what we're seeking to do in sales. And it's no different when you're in a leadership role. A leadership role is the same thing. I'm just seeking to find a way I can connect with you as a human being, not as an employee or a person in my team. I want to be able to connect with you as a human being. I love that. So we're vanishing before and we're replacing it with relate. And I think that that's super powerful. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, I painted way back then what I call relaxed selling. I wrote this acronym, which says relaxed. Yeah. And it's my, my mentor at the time, Ruth, she said, Dave, you just need to relax. You're too tense. You're too, and, and like tell a meter. I feel you tell a meter. Right? You just need to relax. And listen and ask questions and get to learn about that person. And I thought, okay. So I wrote down relax. And I thought, I'm going to build my own so I can take myself through it because I need structure, right? Because I go all over the place. <laughs> and then I developed a simple structure and the R was just relate. Find a way to relate to this human being. And so when I went in there, it's just that, but I knew my first step was find a way to relate to this person. And then for me, he was to set the expectations. So we both know why we're here. I'm here to see if I can help you in whatever it is you want to do. And you're going to see if we're the right people who can help you, but that's it. And here's how long we're going to take to do it. And then I would take through each step, but it started with that relation. And also tied to my definition of leadership, which is about helping other people become the best version of themselves to do their life's best work while in your care and beyond. You could call that as a sales philosophy. My job is to help the person, the client in front of me, and potential client in front of me, become the best version of themselves to do their life's best work while in our care and beyond. That's awesome. Such a good, such a good definition of it. Yeah. You, so you leadership can, and sales to me, it's the same thing. I know. You've left an open loop now. 
So yes. as far as what's the LA, LA, LAX and rather than a, not just an airport? <laughs> well, there's LAX ED, so laxed. <laughs> so it's relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll just be quickly with that. So R is for relate, E is for expectation, L is for learning. So learn about me, learn about you. It's getting me out of the way quickly so I can learn about you. And it's been asking questions to learn about yourself and that. And then A is for analysis. So it's like getting in and doing the analysis, like asking the deeper questions, what I call going below the surface then and starting to really get to understand that person, what really turns them on and gets them cranked about, you know, what they would like to accomplish. And then X is X marks the spot. So it's going and finding out what is that, we used to call it like their hot button. What is the thing that is really the one thing that would make the biggest difference? And then E was emotional rationalization. We buy on emotion with logic. What I find with a lot of people in sales is to get people all mostly jacked up, you know, and then I'll race home and go, tell them what, hey, guess what? I'll buy a new set of golf clubs. And she goes, oh, hell you know, you're not. Right? Because she wasn't part of the process to, so how do we arm that person to go back and emotionally rationalize the reason why they're going to invest in this to their team and everything like that? Because they want people to buy into that. Um, and then D is for decision, which is how do you help them make that buying decision? So relate expectations, learn, analyze, sorry, analyze, uh, it marks the spot, emotional rationalization, and then just decision. Help to make the best decision possible for them. That's it. That's, That's relaxed. And in the was when I was in that process, Stacey, I used to get in there, like to me, most sales calls or appointments, if you want to call, what are you going to call these days, were two, was a two meeting structure. Like I would like to get, find out a lot of people and come back and say, here's some ideas. But I would have had those calls and they'd go, okay, I didn't get the deal. So I'm like, oh, I'd like to come back and talk some more. And they're like, what do you want to talk about? And, but now I could go, I finally got up to the learning with the, you, for example, shared a bit about myself, learned a lot about you. I can go, what I'd like to do is come back now. Got this really great learning. I'd like to really take this and dive deeper into some analysis about, you know, the, the most important areas in your business and then why that would matter to you. And then see if we can make the best uh, logical decision on this, that you can help you to move forward. Um, so can we sit in, cause I knew I had a reason to come back and I had a system and a process to follow and they rather go, I just want to come back and talk some more cause I haven't closed a deal. Yeah. And the thing is that there's some sort of safety in the structure as well, isn't it? For them. Yeah, well, for me, for, yeah, for them. Yeah. For them yeah. as well, because yeah. if you're able to lay that out and lay out that map at yeah. the beginning, then it's like, okay, you know what you're doing. You're not here just having yeah. a conversation and seeing if we can make something work from it, You've, there's, a, there's a process involved and then it's good because people then know, okay, I know where I'm at in that process as well. So that's, that's super helpful to, to be able to do that. And if you look at all the modern sales training and some of the best sales training you can get today, they talk about not selling, but turning your clients into creating a buying mindset in your client, not a selling mindset in your team. So if you're a sales leader or a sales professional and you have a selling mindset, well, that's probably not going to serve you today. You need to help create a buying mindset in the in, in the minds of the people you'd like to be of service to. And that's what a lot of, obviously, and I, I fully subscribe to that philosophy, but that's kind of what, like you said, for years, we've been helping our clients facilitate them to make the best buying decision for them possible. So we're not trying to sell them on anything. We're just trying to take them on a journey to go, here's the right thing that you should be doing and what, you, you know, the best step forward and that and why you would want to do it. And then decide whether what we offer is the right thing or where you can go find it where you need to. Exactly. Yeah. And it, that's the thing is because people love buying things, but they hate being sold to, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For some reason, we still try to sell. I, get, I mean, you must have the same thing. I get through LinkedIn. I get all these people trying to sell me stuff. Oh my gosh. With no research whatsoever. No research, no relevance, no nothing. Yeah. And it's just, I had one that was saying, oh, because you're in property management and they were a roofer. 
or you get somebody that's actually doing the exact same thing as you are. Like I had someone try to sell me resilience training. Yeah. I get all the, all the coaches for coaches, uh, retail trying to sell me their coaching program for coaches. And I'm like, uh, our business, we're not, you know, coaching is just a part of our process. It's not what we do for people. It's not why we do what we do either. We, we have a systematic approach to help them evolve and stay relevant. We sell them a, a systematic approach, which includes coaching components. Yeah. But we don't just run coaching groups. But we, can, but we can get you 15 qualified appointments. My yep. gosh. So to your coaching program, I, said, I don't do programs and I don't do coaching. It's just a part of our process. Uh, I don't sell programs because programs have a start and finish date. Processes don't. A little sound bite there on that one, isn't it? Yes. You know, get some good little shorts out of this uh, yeah. out of this episode. That's for yeah. sure. Well, you'll get me on my soapbox, especially from like, say, sales leadership. Mm. The fascinating thing I think is that from a sales leadership point of view, if we set up people on a leadership program, they you cannot learn leadership in a five day course. No. Okay, I can't go to a bodybuilding five day workshop. And expect, I can expect to, but I won't come out looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger all right, in five days. I can learn everything there is to learn about bodybuilding, but I've got to get back and do things. And then I'll forgotten most of it as I start to get out there. So, you know, as you're a sales leader, if you want to learn anything, please. And same thing, working with your teams to help them become better at creating buying mindsets in your clients is to do learn less at a time and become more over time. It's the third one. So we've right. got the... Relate over rapport. Yeah. We've got the, the process process over programs. And, and now, less at a time and become more over time. Yeah. My goodness. There's, there's some um, some additional clarisms to add to the list, isn't yes. there? Or they already are. If they don't already, already are, yes. <laughs> there you go. They already are. I knew that there was a lot of them. And as the name of the podcast is, we're talking about resilience rocks sales. And so not just in resilience does rock your sales. But also that there's resilience rocks the foundations, and I love that you shared with us that the daily that the huddles would be the one thing that you would say from yeah. a leadership resilience perspective that with the thing you do, yeah. it's more twist on the resilience rocks. There's a resilience rocks with the music theme. So oh, right. I happen to have a podcast on Spotify called Resilience Rocks, loaded yeah. with music to help you lift your mood and get you out of a funk. So for you, do you have a go-to song? That if you are in that state where you just need a little bit of a lift or you've got to get your energy up before you go out and you know, work with a client or anything like that, what's your go-to song that you would play in order to just shift your energy in an instant? Yeah, I have that song. I have my theme song. Yeah. Okay. So before I give you my theme song, I want you to also understand that I've written a bunch of songs and produced a bunch, sold one and stuff like that. And so I have a couple of my own that I've written, but I, I don't sing on them. I back a book all because I can't hold a note that can't play but I love music. And so one of my own songs is obviously one of my life inspiring type things. But my go-to song is Backman Turner Overdrive, Taking Care of Business. Love it. I just put that on and I'm just like, that's my job is taking care of business. I'm here to help take care of your business and help you, right? And so for me, that one is because of beat and the tempo and it also speaks the fact that we have our own business, we're our own company, we're freedom to choose the things that we want to do with the people we serve. So for me, yeah, taking care of business, back when Turner Overdrive, that is my go-to. And being a big Elvis fan, he used to have the TCB belt buckle too. So yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to go and have a look at that list. And if it's not on there, I will add it there in your honor. So taking care of business will be there. BTO. Which has also reminded me one of the other really huge hits is pretty a great one addition is Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. Yes. Yes. That would be an awesome one to add to. I'm going to add, you know what? I'm going to add both of those if they're not already there. Yeah. I have a really, I have another one that's really bad though. And it's more, it's more ego than anything else. But because we're on this podcast and it's just you and me and any of the other millions of people who are listening to this, is right. Just to be brutally honest, because I think it's really important, is Eminem. And uh, I don't even know the title of it, but it's just the one where he says, where would they be without me? Nice. I don't know that I know the name of that either, but you know what? Yeah. I'm going to, we're going to go, yeah. we'll, I'll go Google that. Cause yeah. obviously we've got the lose yourself is a popular one. Yes. Um, so we've definitely got that one on there. And it's one yeah. of his other biggest hits there. Yeah. Where would they be without me? And, but it's just, I have work to do in this world. And it's not like, I know it'll sound egotistical, um, but for me, it's like, if you don't help them, Dave, who's going to help them? And, and my philosophy, and this will tie into sales too, Stacey, is that I know that they'll get great stuff. You know, they'll, they'll get good work from someone else doing something similar to us. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, they will not get what they could have gotten if they went with, if they didn't, you know, if they went with someone else instead of us, because they, I assure you, nobody will care more about them as a human being than we will. I assure you, no one will care about that, the, the client more than I will as a human being. And so I feel, you know, like almost guilty because I wasn't able to help them to understand or feel or experience the fact that they will not be as well taken care of. They'll get the great service and everything like that. And there's a lot of people doing amazing work in the world and I'll support all those people. Kendall loses nothing from lighting another, but where would they be with that? Like if, if they wouldn't, they're just a little, I don't know what it is, how to describe it, but to me, it's like, just that level of knowing that someone has cared about you so deeply. And, if, you know, I could share, but I won't, like a lot of the things we've done for our clients outside of any scope of work from their personal situation, life challenges that, that I would do to help them because the level of care that we have. And that's why that song is important to me. Not because when you listen to the lyrics, you'll think it sounds egotistical, but it's because of like, Dave, you know, if you don't do this, they're not going to get what you could, they could have got from working with you. So where would they be without me? Like you need to do what you can to help those people. And like when you can care that much about your prospect or potential clients, like I'm telling you, it's, yeah, like I just find it very rewarding. Like I, I love each of our clients are different quirky things like that, all different parts of the world. But I would go and sit, have a beer, have a coffee, whatever, with any one of them. Just, just to sit down and just be in their presence and just have, just to hang out. So blessed. I love that. So where would they be without you? And on that note, where can our listeners connect with you if they want to get more of Dave? Uh, Well, obviously hashtag daily Dave, just put that in any of your socials and it'll probably come up somewhere. Obviously circleleadershipglobal.com is our company, but if you just even just to reach out to myself, um, just www.daveclare.com. There's a contact thing on there. And Stacey, any one of your listeners, there's a section there where it says whiteboards with Dave. Anybody who wants to have a white free, no obligation, no expectation whiteboard session with me as being a listener to your podcast. If they'd like to have a, even talk about their sales or leadership or anything they want, 
they can go and book. I'll do four of those a week. They're half an hour, just on a whiteboard with them anywhere in the world as a gift to your listeners, if anybody wants those. So they can do that. And it's just on my daveclear.com backslash whiteboards. Amazing. Well, I'll make sure that that is all linked wherever we share this episode. Um, and I highly encourage any listeners to take that up. Some time with Dave is some time very well spent. And thank you so much, Dave, for joining us today on Resilience Rock Sales. Thank you so much. Like I said, it's an absolute privilege. The work that you do in this world, Stacey, is so important. By the way, I can see your book in the background. If people haven't bought your book, even though I know it's been around for many years, please get it. I read it. It's a phenomenal book. It's such a simple, easy read, but then it just... Resilience, I think, especially in today's world, is one of the most important. Uh, I don't want it to become a buzzword where people just talk about resilience as this thing, like empowerment was back in the 90s and 2000s. Like resilient, like this is critical in today's society, personally, professionally, business-wise, everything like that. Get a copy of Stacey's book and read it and build your resilience muscle. It's no different to building your discipline muscle. Resilience is just a muscle. And uh, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of it. Amazing. Thanks so much, Dave. Thanks for joining us again this week on Resilience Rock Sales. Don't just listen, though. Take action. The best sales professionals are always learning. Head over to resiliencerocks.com now to go backstage and get the resources mentioned today to help rock your sales goals. Mm -hmm.